0: Welcome to the Go! Podcast. Go! aspires to engage the local church in global missions. We seek to share mission stories that encourage, edify, and equip other Christians in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ at home and abroad. This podcast is a part of Liberty Bible Church Global Ministry. Your hosts for Go! are Cami Santner, a missions partner with Liberty, and joining her is Kevin Cram, pastor of Global Engagement at Liberty Bible Church. Welcome back to Go! I am your host, Kevin. It's great to be with you today. Um, I'll be coming to you solo today, actually. Cami, my wonderful co-host, is currently with a team from our church on a short-term missions trip to Costa Rica. And we get to look forward to hearing about um, her time there when she returns next week. But in the meantime, it's my joy to be able to continue to guide us through the conversation that we began last week, looking at the concept of culture and cultural values. And as you remember in our last episode, our guest, Matt Henning, he did a wonderful job of surveying the landscape of culture, giving us some useful background on how we might understand this dizzyingly complex topic. And today we wanted to focus a little bit more into some of the specific ways that these cultural values manifest themselves and their impact on gospel communication. And I can't think of a better guest to help us along in that journey today. And so today we'll be speaking with George and Marcy Romeos, George and Marcy are longtime missions partners of our church, having served for over 30 years in Greece with the missions organization AMG, and today they serve in numerous ministries in the country, including church planning, sports ministry, and refugee outreach. And we also were able to welcome uh, George and Marcy's daughter a few weeks ago to the podcast, Tiffany, so now we get to have them on, and we're so thankful. So thanks for being here, guys, uh, with us today. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. It's great to be with you all. Well, before we dive into the topic of culture, I was hoping um, you guys can maybe just briefly uh, share with us some of your ministry background, the work that you do in Greece.
1: Thank you so much, Kevin. We appreciate that. And uh, these podcasts are great. Um, Yes, we are uh, more than 30 years working with AMG International. Once upon a time, it was American mission to Greeks. Now it's advancing the ministries of the gospel. And the main motto that we have now, it's meeting the deepest needs. And we know that, uh, uh, yes, uh, people, man, does not live with bread alone. But um, at the same time, we cannot talk to hungry people about God if you not first meet their needs or if they are sick. you cannot just talking to them about God without uh, just giving uh, first aid, uh, help first, right? So, we are trying to see what are the deepest needs. When we came here, uh, yes, more than 30 years ago, uh, we came to serve our generation. And as we are been here, our generation is growing up. So, in the beginning, we started with youth because we, we were younger, and then with uh, young marriage, and then with uh, families with small children, and then uh, older children. And uh, we are keep going on um, and serving in various uh, ways. Uh, the land of Greece and beyond. Uh, our office here is uh, pretty much uh, um, uh, responsible for Eastern Europe and Middle East as well. Uh, we are resigning at Cosmovision Center. That was a vision that started at least 20 years ago. Um, and um, this is our prime uh, place, and it's the Center for New Testament Study Centers. is a multi purpose facility that uh, we do sports, we do music events. Uh, We have a church planned on it, and we serve several churches uh, of Athens and uh, their youth groups. Uh, As a matter of fact, as we speak now, we have a Romanian group of about 100 uh, people uh, yesterday and today uh, that they live in Greece and they use our place often. And uh, of course, we have our own camps about four every year, and then we have uh, as many and more um, every summer. And that's pretty much what we are doing. Of course, we are serving the local community, the churches. We do believe that uh, God loved the church, and we don't just uh, remain as an organization. We believe that each one of us has a vital role with the local church, so we do that as well. And we want to give uh, every uh, person that we come in contact with the opportunity to hear about loves God.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, just just to give you guys who are listening... Um, some of the background to the relationship, like we have known the Romeuses here at Liberty for a long time. Um, Actually, they were married there. Yeah, they were married here. They, the, uh, Marcy grew up at our church, and it's just been such a blessing and a privilege to be able to walk alongside them for decades. Um, they are an incredible couple and a great um, family and a great ministry that they have there in Greece. So as I mentioned in our episode last week, you know, some, we set some of the foundations of this idea, this concept of culture. And one of the key things that came out of that conversation was the idea that culture is way much more than just the outward behaviors or the rituals of a particular group of people. You know, you go to another country and you notice those things immediately when you first go to someplace else. But we learned that culture went much deeper to than, uh, than that, deeper to the unspoken values, the assumptions the worldviews, the stories that drive and determine um, many of those externals. And so being cross-cultural workers yourselves, maybe you can share a little bit with us how you understand this notion of culture.
2: Thanks, um, Kevin. Uh, Well, I learned in my adjustment to Greece that um, culture is not just a way of life and and traditions that are handed down. Um, It's actually a way of thinking and seeing the world. Um, it was interesting because our two daughters, uh, Diane and Tiffany um, grew up in Greece in the Greek public schools. Um, they went their last uh, year to high school in America and then to prepare them to go to the university. And they, both of them attended Taylor university. And it was so interesting in our conversations. Um, you know, how are you adjusting? How are things there? And they said, mom, it's like, we we're, we, we dress the same. We speak English because, you know, we grew up with both languages but uh, they don't think like we think, <laughs> like the way they view the world, the way that they they look at relationships, and they they were surprised to find that they were not the same um, wow. in in their the, the, in their in their cultural understanding of the way that they look at life, and so culture definitely drives our values, and for the Greeks too, those values determine the way you know that that we spend our time and our resources. Um, And especially in Greece, like Greek orthodoxy and and culture being Greek are inseparable, um, which can make sharing the gospel uh, challenging. And we'll talk more about that later. Um, But everything here is relational. And so this was something that was, you know, that we had to learn or I had to learn as an American coming here um, that, you know, I think I think people ask me, you know, do you think in like in Greek or, you know, in American and not necessarily the language, um, but like the way you think. And I said, well, I think, I think I've been quite influenced (laughs) and go home now and find that I'm not like a hundred percent American anymore.
0: Hmm. Well, That's, that's, that's interesting um, that you bring up your, your daughters of that's a great example of like how the externals can look exactly the same. And even the spoken language can look exactly the same, but it must have been completely disorienting for them to come and have to think and learn and interact in, in, in American culture, having grown up in Greece. That's, that's fascinating. With
1: my add my to it, uh, I think the Eastern culture that we are closer to East than to West, although we dress up like Westerns, uh, we're thinking a little bit like Easterns, uh, are cultures that are, they are based on fear and uh, shame. Uh, which I don't think so we have uh, mostly in in the West. So a lot of people here, uh, they have to do with honor, fear and shame. So you you cannot um, make these people feel the same. And in that as well, it doesn't help the Greek pride that we have, at (laughs) least talking about Greece and, uh, okay, we have given the lights to the world and uh, the democracy (laughs) and the philosophy and the food and whatever else. So Um, uh, this is, I I think a little bit that I I could add to that, that the. It separates us from the West.
0: Well, I don't know. I think we had an k- argument last time I was in Greece about uh, all the inventions that came out of the United States, and and then we were an com- argument with a Greek captain yeah, and <laughs> c- comparing all the uh, uh, accomplishments of Greek culture and U.S. culture. So we won't go into that this time. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the reasons I was really excited to have you guys on is is that in addition to being missionaries, I'm sure people can pick up, but you two form a cross cultural marriage. Like Marcy, like we say, you being American and George, you being Greek, I think that probably gives you guys actually very intimate insight into cultural differences, because not only are you experiencing them in the context of ministry, but you're also seeing them playing out in your family, like you even just mentioned. And so from your experience, what have been some of the ways that generally U.S. and Greek cult- culture different in terms of values and priorities? I know you mentioned a couple already, but maybe give some more examples of the differences that you've experienced over the years.
2: Uh, well, uh, one thing I will say, and what well, we had, our we got married at Liberty, we had our marriage counseling at Liberty. And uh, we, you know, we had to be approved to be married. And so we were sitting with with the pastor, and you know, he's listening to us. And of course, at that time, George, he didn't speak great English, and I spoke no Greek. So we're not even sure how we ended up. Oh uh, making <laughs> it. But, um, but he said, you know, at the end, he said, you know, we did personality tests. And he said, Your problems are probably going to be more cultural than anything else, Um, and I'll just tell a really quick funny story that we lived our first year in the states, and I by that point I had learned some Greek, not enough, but my main goal was to learn how to fight, to argue, not fight, argue in (laughs) Greek because there are more Greek words than American (laughs) words. That's funny. So we would be we were living with my parents for part of that first year until an apartment was available in Vapou, and so George and I would get in arguments. In Greek and my mom we didn't know was like going in the in her bedroom and getting on her knees and praying because she was sure that we were you know this was not going to work out fighting. she thought we were fighting but we weren't always fighting Greeks just talk you know they express themselves strongly um and so that that's
0: was putting I- it lightly I think
2: <laughs> um
1: with a lot of interruptions, so I have to do that <laughs> um
2: I guess the one thing that I learned from my early years um, in in short-term ministry in Greece um, before I even met George was just how invested the Greeks are in relationships and community. Mm. Uh, It was something very, almost like I was, my mom says you were created for this culture, you know, like I grew up in Valparaiso, but I just love that community and those relationships. And so like growing up in the States, uh, we always had dinner together as a family Um, I, I know now that that's not even the case a lot of times because of sports and busy schedules, but we always did, uh, back in the, you know, those years. Um, and maybe our meals would be, you know, a half hour or so long, depending on how long my sister Jamie talked, because oftentimes my dad had to put the silent rule on her so we could all get through our meal and get back to our homework. Um, but, um, I've learned that, um, that in Greece, uh, you know, the Greeks would never stand at a kitchen island and finish off their food in 10 minutes. That would be a waste of time and food for them. <laughs> um, they don't have the the, the the concept of work, home, work. Um, they always have to put in there some kind of community. Um, families, children and friends would be considered um, wealth for, for the Greeks. Um, and because of this, the Greeks, they think ahead a lot. They prepare uh, for their children. They think about passing down not only something of value as far as resources, but they think of passing down um, values, passing down uh, memories, passing down. Um, I came across once this Greek proverb that I loved. Um, It says, a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they know they shall never sit in. Mm. And I would say that for Greeks it isn't just about leaving something of monetary value for their kids, which they do do, but it's more of what they can leave of their culture and of their, and of their souls really to um, their spirits, to their, to their children that they may never even see themselves.
0: Yeah, that's really beautiful. It's a little bit, uh, not me, but I agree. Yes. (laughs) I, you know, I, we, we, we sent a team to Greece um, that I was a part of, like, Oh, that's almost five years ago now. That's crazy. But, um, I just remember, you know, even experienced just a taste of that Marcy, that you talk about the relationships and the commitment to people. And, and that comes at the expense of, of time. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, especially in American culture, we, we have the value of time as money. And if, if you, if you feel like uh, many times the relationship can be can be sacrificed at the altar of time in our culture. And that's a completely opposite in Greece. Like you would never think of, of not giving enormous amounts of time to building relationships, to being in community, even if it meant sacrificing other things and other priorities. And that was just something that we even experienced in like, you know, a week or 10 days of being in the country. Mm -hmm. So I mentioned a resource in our last episode, a resource that I've really appreciated. It's like this framework from a guy named Gert Hofstede. And in his research, he outlines several different dimensions of culture. And one of the interesting aspects that he compares is something that he calls risk avoidance. And he defines risk avoidance as uh, the extent to which the members of a culture feel threatened by ambiguity or unknown situations. And it's interesting um, in his research that Greece has actually one of the highest scores in risk avoidance, which means according to the research, Greeks are not generally comfortable with ambiguous situations and that culturally Greece will set up complex bureaucracies, laws, rules to try to mitigate uncertainty. And so that my, my question is, is like, do you guys find that to be accurate? Um, just in general, in Greek culture, do you experience that kind of uncertainty avoidance um, in your experience?
1: Uh, For the part of the population, I think that will be uh, correct. Uh, But uh, also, I think there are people that they they don't do that. We are risk takers for the most of it. I think it has to do a little bit with our history. There is a proverb in Greek that says, whoever is burned uh, as he is eating soup is even blowing the yogurt, which is cold. You know, you don't need to. to... (laughs) So this is an expression that we use. And. um, uh you know, do not forget that Greece has been under uh, several years of occupation, like from Muslims, 400 from Turks. Some people, they say we use that um, excuse many times, but, you know, uh, been under people, uh, on the other hand, uh, celebrating the Greek Independence Day uh, yesterday and today, uh, we know that um we haven't been very good to those that they help us uh get, get free. So the most of the heroes, so to speak, that they fought for the revolution of 1821, uh they ended up poor or in the prison or betrayed from the own Greeks. So um and also I think we have a history that the maybe because of the geography uh, of the location, uh we have a history that the as we call it, um, um, stronger powers—they—they uh, they took advantage of us. So somehow we try to protect our place. Uh, i, I would—it's uh, it, an old um, story, but I will try to remember that uh, after the Second World War, uh, we besides that we defeated uh, and we helped the Allies, uh, the Germans. We were a uh, then after the war um, in a civil war, and this is because uh, happened because yes we were not the risk takers. We didn't want uh, another occupation from uh, the communism world that were coming down the Europe and uh, occupying the Eastern Europe and stuff like that. So yes, we don't want that anymore. We want somehow our independence. Maybe maybe that leads us a little bit to avoid uh, risk. But uh, for the most of it, uh, even in business, uh, we have uh, people that they, we, they became very successful, even in the, uh, let's say, uh, with the boats on Asis or something like that, because they were tremendous risk takers. And uh, and also we travel a lot. So you can see uh, almost as many Greeks there are in Greece uh, they are abroad, like in America, in Europe, in Australia, in uh, all over the world. So uh, yes and not. If I, I would
2: say. Can I ask? I, yes. I just want to add that I, I I see that more risk avoidance more in Greece when it comes to relationships. Hmm. Um, a little bit more of the, you know, I'll get you before you get me. There's like an armor of protection there right. rather than like in institutions and bureaucracy and laws. The Greeks actually are more like learn by their mistakes. The, rather than let's prevent something or let's put safeguards. Um, so, you know, I, I think I was thinking about it because it was a very interesting question. Um, and I think the only, the one time I saw sort of the opposite of this or like risk avoidance uh, was during COVID for the Greeks that we were uh, kind of celebrated in the beginning of COVID. It was in the papers, the Greeks, you know, they had the lowest cases and they were staying home and they were wearing their masks. and but they weren't doing it necessarily because i mean they didn't want to get sick obviously they didn't want to get sick but they were doing it so that they could get back to being community again mm. so they're like that was such that was the, the 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 tragedy of covid for the greeks was not being able to be together
1: right and also uh, i would say they have we have a motto that says uh, family and religion and um uh, nation whatever so uh, we felt and this is like people they see us and sometimes they say uh, uh we are belonging to the evangelical church or we are protestants whatever they say wait what wait wait you're not greeks so uh they identify uh, greeks with um, um you know religion so therefore uh they are very avoid the risk to to meet with people and this is why uh, more and more we need the relationship. So the people, they have to know you, to come to know you, to trust you. And then when they come to know you and they trust you, then, okay, why not to hear what you have to say? And um, I, I meant to say it earlier, but we can see when Apostle Paul came in Greece, uh, we read that in Acts 17, he uses amazing, uh, this way of communicating when he starts coding, uh their own prophets. And he started talking about what the, your own prophet said. So this is how he gained the ground. This is how he gained the the this um, uh, smart uh, judges' uh, minds. Uh, so he he related with them. Um, and and I feel this is a very true today. We have to relate it with them somehow. Yes, we love family. We don't want and and they turn to west and they see the family is is falling apart. And then, yes, we love religion. And they turn to West and they say, uh, everyone believes whatever they like. And then, yes, we like nation. And they turn to West and they see uh, all these mixed parts where we believe that, you know, uh, God made every nation and surrounded with borders, you know, and he, he created that. I hope it makes some sense. That
0: Oh, sure. Well, Marcy, I want to think I want to direct this question to you Um but what have you found to be some of the greatest challenges of the years of communicating the gospel as an American being in Greece? You know, we we've maybe touched on some of those aspects, but I just want to hear about your experience over the decades of challenges or or hindrances, obstacles, things that you've had to overcome culturally in specifically in communicating the gospel truth.
2: And I think I think I think you kind of touched on this before maybe in the beginning about um how you know, like we have a lot of like American missionaries that come to Greece and they spend time learning the language, but they don't learn the culture. And so, when it comes to sharing the gospel, like you were saying in your time in Germany, it's harder to know how the like how the Greeks think. How can how can I make the gospel relative to their culture and to their thinking? And so, what I've experienced is that um, sharing the gospel in Greece, it's not a sprint. It's more like the the original Athens marathon. Um, <laughs> you know, um, I've been part of summer campaigns in Greece, even before I met George, uh, where we would do street evangelism and hand out Bibles and kind of do like cold evangelism. And we did see people come to the Lord, but there was no follow up. We didn't also have social media then or ways of keeping in touch. Um, What we found in our ministry here fruit wise is that um, we've seen more fruit in personal relationships, but it takes a long time. Um, Because the Greeks need to build that relationship. They're extremely loyal people, but you have to earn their loyalty Mm. and be in their lives. And the great thing about that is once you are, then they are so much more open to hearing all that you have to say, not just everyday things, but about your faith. And I would actually, I don't know if George agrees with this. And I know we're, we're running out of time here, but I, I would actually say that it's harder for George sometimes to share the gospel in his own country because being Orthodox, being Greek is being Orthodox. So when he says to them, you know, I, I'm not, you well, know, doesn't announce that, but if they ask, no, I didn't, I'm not Orthodox. It's not normal, right. you know. It's almost like separating. For me, I'm a foreigner, so it's a little bit more acceptable for them to hear kind of what, especially since I speak Greek now, to hear what mm-hmm. I have to say. That's interesting.
0: Mm-hmm. So what's what I think is fascinating about your guys' ministry is that you almost have like a third layer of complexity. Um that's involved evolved in your work over the years. Specifically I'm referring to the incredible work that you've guys been doing, um, serving the thousands of refugees, mainly from the Middle East and Asia, who have been transiting through Greece over the last decade. And so what are some of the examples of cultural barriers you've found in ministering to individuals and groups that are radically different from either Greek or US culture?
1: Um yes, I I would answer that that. To that, uh, going a little bit back when we first came to Greece uh, to minister, and that was in the beginning of nineties. There we, then we had another um, uh, refugee wave, which is, which was even uh, larger than this one. It was when the Eastern Bloc f- failed, and uh, we had all the people from Eastern Europe, uh, as we call it, Balkans coming down. Imagine just from Albania, we had more than a million people, and oh, still, nice. We have about 800,000 of them that they stay here and they have families and uh, they have work here and everything. Uh, And if we compare this uh, at the beginning of 90 uh, with uh, 2015, uh, the difference is all these people that they came from Eastern uh, Bloc, the most of them, they were Christians. They were uh, Eastern Orthodox and they had uh, been affiliated with uh, the Christian message. Uh, now the most of the people that they came since 2015, even there are less numbers, still huge numbers for Greece, uh, they they are Muslims and 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 what they come uh, to is not that they come just to Greece. These people they've been warned the first country that they meet Christianity, so to speak, after Turkey and uh, it's Greece. and then the, the their parents and their friends and their uh, priests told them, be careful! They they are Christians, but how they 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 uh, they see us? Well, whatever they see from Hollywood, and whatever they see. So we have people uh, land into the islands from Turkey, and on the beach, what they see? They see people with uh, let's say ladies with bikinis and people. And these people, when they land, they are with uh, burkas and uh, with scarves and long dresses and stuff like that. So immediately in their mind goes, oh, the warning we had is real. These people are hidden. These people are not good. So um, I think this was a a major event. And also uh, the fact that uh, the refugee uh, population was uneven in Greece, Uh, like uh, Turkey has 80 million people. Uh, if they have two million refugees, is almost nothing. But we have ten million people. If we have two million refugees and eighty percent of the refugees they came through Greece, this is a lot. So there maybe we had the risk avoidance. We don't want them. We don't want them here. What are they doing here for? But they didn't. They didn't want to be here either. So we had two two parties. The the locals that they didn't prefer for the foreigners to be here. Although in the past we have seen we have so amazing acceptance to refugee and to the needs of the people, just for this uh, difference that they were Muslims and them they did not want to be here. Uh, they wanted to be they they wanted to be uh, somewhere else. So um, th- that was a very uh, uh, important. So uh, sometimes when I had to share with the groups in our fellowship uh, and talk to them about the Lord. What I did is I start reading the parts of the Quran, what the Quran says about Abraham, what the Quran says about, you know, uh the prophets, this and that. So I, I was trying to 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 bring stories, uh Joseph or whatever, that these people they could possibly knew the names uh of them in the Quran. So I tried to affiliate it this way. And uh, the other thing we did is we tried to find people that they had a previous um uh, experience with them. Like uh, in the past, we had a Pakistani fellow uh, that lives and resigns in America now. and He has the book, uh, The Muslim of the Next Door. And we we, have, we were trying to educate ourselves the same time that we were trying to give them food uh, because it was something that we were not expecting it's going to happen. Um, so uh, th- that was hard. And then for the rest of the Greeks and other people it was hard. The fact that we start focusing so much uh, to to this need that uh slowly we need, we did not neglect but we had less time for our people and now uh, that uh, the refugee work is settling a little bit a little bit has other aspects now now we're trying with integration and stuff like that uh we are trying also to 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 come back to the locals and tell them guys you have done amazing and we want to invest a little bit with you but still, let's do the work together so
0: yeah that's that's really um fascinating when you think about the um the confluence and the meeting of so many different cultures in greece like east and west and christianity and muslim and for centuries, it's been that way. But even now in the last couple of years, because of the crisis, because of the influx of refugees, it's almost like you are daily having to be cross-cultural in thinking through those things and building bridges. And I am just really appreciate your guys' ministry and how you do that like on a daily basis. Um, but thanks so much for being here with us uh, today, guys. It was really great and it was just really insightful and really appreciate you taking the time. Thank
1: you so Thank much, you. Kevin.
0: Sorry, we went over the time. No, already. you didn't go. I really <laughs> Everything that you shared was wonderful. And I really appreciate um, the time that you gave to us to be able to share with us and, and give us a little bit more insight to this topic. Thank you. Well, thanks so much um, for listening and tuning in. We aspire to give you real life stories and experiences to help you in your current phase of life. And as always, you can tune in for our next episode in two weeks as we hear more about this concept of culture. And remember to go and make your life a mission.